let's jump into the message today. We're in this series right now called Following Jesus. And come on, are you learning some things? Are you reevaluating this whole discipleship process and making sure that it's it's all about the relationship and not just about all the stuff that comes with it, but really, really fostering a relationship with Jesus? After all, that's what he came here for. He came here to earth so that you and I could have a relationship with him. And one of the things that we said was that Jesus is more than a religious figure. Amen. He's a relatable friend. He's not just a figure in history that was religious, but he's a real friend. And the question for us is, what if Jesus was literally your best friend? Think about how that would change how you act. Think about how that would change how you react. Can somebody amen? Come on. Think about how that would change how you look at life because our friends really have a huge part in how we are as people. And if Jesus was your best friend, it would have so much influence and impact on you. And what if, what if we talk to Jesus like he was our best friend? Would that not revolutionize our prayers? I mean, our prayers would be so much more personal It would be so much more powerful because we're talking to Jesus, not like someone who's way over there, but someone who's right there with us. Amen. We're talking about Jesus, this relationship. What if we trusted him like he was our best friend? It would change so much about our walk with God. And and I want to reiterate to us over and over the need to see that everything that is encapsulated in being a Christian is all about a relationship with Jesus. Can I hear an amen? It's about a relate, and I know that's elementary, but so many times we get caught up in the grind. We get so caught up in the running of, of trying to be a Christian that we forget this is about being in a relationship with Jesus. So that's where we started week one. And then last Sunday, come on, can we give it up for Benjamin? Come on, wasn't that an awesome, awesome message? Come on, I, I, I'm just smiling, watching him deliver, deliver the goods, man. It was so good. And he was talking about discipleship. And something that he said that just continues to ring is that Jesus did not come to earth just to die but he came to earth to show us how to live. Show us how to live. And we talked about discipleship, and that's following Jesus in every area of life so that he can show you. Come on. He can show you. Not just tell you what to do, but show you how to do it. Isn't that good? The relationship with Jesus sets us up so he can show us how to become the person that he has created us to be few things he said I just want to recap he shows us how to overcome temptation come on how many y'all know we need some help there because there's a lot out there that will tempt you he taught us how to face impossible situations you ever had one of those things before Jesus shows us how to handle them he showed us how to submit to God's plan because he did it he kept saying yes over and over and over to God and I think this one right here is pretty much the, the most challenging he showed us how to show love to others. Man, good thing Jesus said things like, love your enemy, or else we would be crazy. And some of y'all are like, well, I'm not doing too good with that. I still got some crazy. He will continue to show you how to love others. Amen. Today, I want to go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, we're going to look at the first miracle of Jesus. We're just kind of following Jesus along. We're going to follow him all the way into Easter. We're going to go to the cross with him. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to, we're going to be risen from the dead with him. Don't miss Easter. Whatever you do is going to be awesome. John chapter 2, verse 1. Let's go to the word today. It says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. (laughs) I could preach on that right there. Then he says, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. And standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish 
ceremonial washing. And each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. God, that's so good. So the servants followed his instructions. I can camp out on there all day. Verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has a lot to drink, you know what I'm saying? A lot to drink. He brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Watch this. And his disciples believed in him and his disciples believed in him today I'm going to speak a message following Jesus is apprenticeship we had relationship in week one we had discipleship in week two and this week we got apprenticeship I'm not sure what week four is going to be I got to find another word that ends in ship so if you got one Send it my way. Okay. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day, this time, that we are here to worship. We're gathered together to hear your word. Father, we, we need more than songs. We need more than sermons. We need you. And Father, we sang today, but we were singing to you. And I'm going to speak today, but I'm speaking for you. I don't want to be in the way of what you want to say to your people. I pray every barrier will be removed, God, and you will speak to the hearts. Speak something that awakens us, that causes us to believe in you more than we ever have. Speak something today to us, God, that makes us want to follow you more than we've ever had the desire to do before. Today, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge our need for you to cause the word of God to come alive in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So Diesel and I, my brother, we grew up in a family um, that was a DIY kind of family. Now, before you go ahead and think of the DIY network and the HGTV channel, it was nothing at all like that. Okay, that is way too nice and neat and organized. Okay, this was, if it breaks, we're going to find a way to fix it. And when I was a child, I just thought we were that good. Now that I'm older, I realize we were that broke. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but if something broke, we fixed it. Um, if something needed to be built, we built it. I don't remember ever saying, you need to bring the car to the shop. I remember we need to look under the hood and find out what's going on because we need to fix it. And so when you were a child growing up in, in my family, my dad, my grandpa, they were some strong male figures. Anybody know those kinds of people? And so as a rookie growing up in the house, you were there to give a hand, which typically means you hold the flashlight. How many of y'all got some good memories of holding the flashlight? That's why you can endure all that you've endured, because you held the flashlight for your dad or your grandpa or for someone in your family. And if they did not tell you one time shine the light for me to see it <laughs> come on you know what i'm saying because you start out holding it right there for them to see it and it drifts so that you can see it and they like to grab your hand and move it they didn't say anything they just moved it and then it drifts again and then that's where the the words begin to progress <laughs> come on now and uh, when I tell you we did everything, we did everything. Uh, we raised cattle, and we ate that meat. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I, it was later when I was in middle school before I ever remember us going to the grocery store to buy meat in a store. 
And I hope this ain't changing your impression of me. You know, I was like, like what's wrong with this pastor? Tell you, it was amazing, man. We had cattle. When I was a kid, I was a little cowboy. And uh, I wanted to bring the picture up here to show you because y'all would have been, oh, that's adorable. I had my little cowboy hat on, my little cowboy boots. And, and, and it was just so much fun. I just remember as a kid, it was so much fun to go and feed the cows. It was awesome. And we had the electric fence and, you know, you touch the electric fence and you get shocked and you didn't live as a boy in, in the country raising cattle until you peed on the fence. And I'm like, Cynthia ain't here. And so I said that. So now I'm in trouble. But <laughs> some of you know you've been there. Electric fence will shock you. Uh, and so um, so we raised cattle. And I mean, it was just it was so much fun going to the stockyard. On the weekends, I mean, this was my childhood, man. I, I just thought I was just uh, this little cowboy, you know, riding the tractor with my grandpa and just felt like I was king of my little world and, and, and just living, living the life. And uh, my dad, though, uh, was a welder. And he, he was uh, he built metal buildings and big into structural steel. And so he had the welding machine at the house. And and over the summer break, while my dad was at work, we would break into the, the, the shop and we would try to weld and I mean, completely take our bikes apart. Like if uh, any tool there was, we were taking the bike apart, rebuilding it, customizing it. You know what I mean? Adding things to it, just constantly dealing with stuff, which always led to when my dad went in there, where's my tools? And that led to a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, just we had an access. Let me say it like this. We had access to a lot of equipment. And so the curiosity that we had always had an outlet to try to do things. And then um, my grandfather uh, was retired as we were growing up. And so at Christmas time, he loved to decorate his house with Christmas lights. And I'm not talking about running to Lowe's and getting a couple of packs of Christmas lights. I'm talking about call the electrician and let's reroute some lines because we're going to decorate this thing with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Christmas lights. And he had free labor because all of his grandsons lived on the same property. And our parents didn't trust us to be by ourselves because we had access to all the equipment. And I promise you, we blew things up. We caught a field on fire one night while we were camping out. I mean, I can, I can tell you stories that would make you change the discipline patterns of your children. <laughs> awesome childhood, man. We lived life large. And one of the goals that you have when you're a young man growing up is you cannot wait to get your hands on some power tools. Am I right? It's like, don't, don't bring me a hammer or a screwdriver, and, if, and a flashlight is not a power tool. Okay? It's not. I know it needs a battery, but that is not a power tool. I want to use some real power tools. And my dad would never let us use power tools, and we always wanted to use, like, the skill saw. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to cut something, and I'm tired of using a little handsaw. I want to use the real thing. Let's plug it in. I want to use the drill, the one that we plug in. I, 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 I want to use the table saw. And if you've never used the table saw before, that's the one that will take you out. But, but we would... <laughs> We would see them do it, and it's like, I want to do that. And my dad would never let us do it. And I was just like this built-up frustration, and it put tension on the like Not really, but it sounded good for a sermon. And so over these breaks before Christmas, Thanksgiving week, we would go to my grandfather's to uh, help him with the Christmas lights, and uh, he had high demands for his labor. And so you quickly learned how to use power tools. And I remember him telling us, now, don't tell your dad that I let you do this. <laughs> and I'll never forget the first time my dad saw me use a table saw. He asked me, how do you know how to do this? <laughs> and so I just put together a really nice crafted answer. Dad, I've been watching your example for years. <laughs> I wasn't going to throw my grandpa under the bus. Man, he, my grandfather would let, I, I remember the first time I used a chainsaw. Come on now, some of you are like grown men and you've never even used a chainsaw yet. I was still in high school using a chainsaw. My grandpa, don't tell your dad. Don't let him know you did this. And it was amazing because I learned how to do um, so many things. My dad, my dad operated a tractor and heavy equipment and I would just watch him. And I remember learning how to do it just by watching him. And so I learned how to operate a tractor. I learned how to operate a backhoe. Boy, that was an experience. Just all of this stuff. And I had access to so much stuff and, and just learned all the different things. And, and, 
And I didn't realize it, but the whole time through those years, I was literally an apprentice of everything that they knew how to do. And just being there in that relationship with them gave me access to learn some things that I may have never learned had I not been in that relationship with them. And as a result, there are so many things that I have learned to do from those relationships that now there's so many things that I can do. Like when, we, when Cynthia and I bought our house, we were able to remodel the whole thing ourselves because of what I learned through the relationship. And, and, and really, it has set up so many things in my life. But I, this is what I need you to see. The relationship positioned me to learn. It exposed me to some things that would benefit myself and would benefit others. And so today, as I present to you that following Jesus is an apprenticeship, I need you to start from the relationship. And see the value of the relationship is so much more. Oh, yes, I know he forgives your sins. But again, it is so much more than just forgiveness for sins. This is for living this life. Amen. So the relationship with Jesus, it, it, it is a relationship. That is where this begins and that is where it grows. But it's also discipleship where Jesus is showing us his ways and showing us how to overcome those temptations, showing us how to deal with some difficult people, showing us all of that. But it's also an apprenticeship where he begins to show you some things that he does so that you can do it, so that you will benefit from it as well as others. It's an apprenticeship. So when I think about our relationship with Jesus, I want you to think about all that we get to learn. Like a lot of times when we think about faith, a lot of faith is learning. And it's not just learning information, it's learning Jesus. Whenever you look in the Bible, these aren't just black and white words on a page this is real life stuff that occurred that when you read it, you have to picture yourself in it. You have to see the benefit of it and how it affects your life, not just from the standpoint of what I know, but from the standpoint of who I know. Because even in the things today that I don't know how to do, because there are things I don't know how to do, I do know some relationships that I have of people who do know how to do it. And because of the relationship, I can always call on them for the help that is needed, not just to do it for me, but to show me how to do it. Are, are, are you starting to see where we're going with this today? So think about this. Our relationship with Jesus, we get to learn faith. And faith is developed through real-life situations as he guides us, it's developed in our lives. And some of the very things that we're walking through, we're trying to find the redemption in it. The redemption is that God is growing your faith in it. So many people I've seen walk through things. They have the option to walk through it and keep going or walk away. And many people walk away from the relationship that can help them get straight through it. But that relationship with God, it helps to develop your faith. We learn to love people by following Jesus. You Listen, some of you, we know. We know. You didn't do a good job of loving people before Jesus. Am I right? And some of you are like, I still got some work to do. There's hope for you. There's grace for you. We're praying. He helps you to love in ways that you have never thought you could love before. That's, that's through the relationship with Jesus. We learn to have godly character through our relationship with Jesus. I'll show you how. You ever said said too much to that person? And then afterwards, the Holy Spirit said, mm, didn't need all that. Mm -hmm. Or before you, before you hit post, the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh. <laughs> and instead of hitting enter, you hit delete, 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 delete. And if you didn't hit delete, you should have. Who is that? That's the Lord trying to help you trying to help you what is he doing he, he's discipling you he's training you to have some godly 
character. And what I realize is that the influence of a relationship with Jesus, it touches every area of our lives. Not just the Sunday area. Not the not just the, the the ten minute devotional. You know, I'm gonna read the Bible today. I got my little Bible app, which is fantastic. It's not just during that time; it's all the time. It never ends. So, when you look at what's happening in John chapter two, Jesus has just begun to call his disciples. Okay, they're new to this whole thing. It's not like they have a lot of relational depth at this point. It's just kind of like this guy Jesus. There's something about him. I just, I got to follow him. I don't know what he's about yet, but we're about to learn. And he's about to learn what we're about. We'll see how this works. And so he's following, they're following Jesus and they get invited to a wedding. Let me tell you this. I've been to a lot of weddings. There are some people that should not have been invited to the wedding. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's some of you, but there are just some people that should not have been invited. We went to a wedding not long ago, and my kids were shake their head. There are some people that should not have been invited to the wedding. But I do think it's important to invite Jesus to your wedding. Can I get an amen? So they invited Jesus to the wedding. Jesus is like, can I bring my friends? I don't have a plus one, but I got a plus some. Can I bring them? And so they let Jesus bring his disciples to the wedding, and don't you know they have a problem? And all I can think is that Mary must have been friends with these people. I'm talking about the mother of Jesus. She had to be friends with the people who put the wedding on because she felt a sense of responsibility to do something at the wedding when they ran out of wine. And she immediately looks to her son and says, you got to do something. And Jesus is like, look, mom, just me and my friends at the wedding. I'm waiting for the dance part of the wedding. Not that I think Jesus was really doing that, but it works in my story. And in the course of this wedding, ultimately we know Jesus performs his first miracle. Now, I, I need you to see this wasn't a magic trick. And, and it's disappointing whenever we view miracles as magic. And I know we're, we're mature enough that we wouldn't say it that way, but that's how, for some reason, we think it happens. Just wave the magic wand and the problems go away. Sometimes people think whenever if somebody prays for me, it's like waving the magic wand and all my problems are going away. And that's not how the miracle works. That's not at all what we see in this story. Um, when we think of being a disciple, we have different viewpoints, and a lot of times it's more about learning information. But whenever you see this story, you don't see a lot of information in it. What you see is life happening and Jesus responding. And here's these disciples who just so happen to be in the right place at the right time to not only witness a miracle, but become a part of the miracle that Jesus is performing. And this is interesting because discipleship, yes, we want to learn about the word of God. Am I right? Have you ever felt intimidated that you didn't know enough of the word of God? Can I see your hand? Maybe you were talking to a friend and you just felt like I just don't know enough of the word. And so I can't help you because I don't know the word. And can I just tell you, just because you didn't know all the information that's in the Bible doesn't mean that you don't know the word. Because Jesus is the word and he became flesh. And so too many times our emphasis is on the pages and the words in the book that we call the Bible than it is on the person of Jesus. Because the whole point of the Bible is Jesus. The, everything in the Old Testament, you know what it's trying to tell you? You need Jesus. And you know the whole point of the New Testament, what it's trying to tell you? I told you you needed Jesus. That's what it's all about. And if we look at the Bible and miss the point, who is Jesus? We will get bogged down in arguments and confusion and conflict that we were never meant to be involved in. 
But if we keep Jesus as the person that the whole Bible was all about, we will experience all of the life that it gives, all of the wisdom that it gives, and that is the source of life, the Word of God. When God said, let there be light, when God said, let this happen, when God said, let that happen, it wasn't, let me just write this down in a book. He spoke it, and it happened. It was real. And the reason that was real, because there is someone named Jesus, who was the Word who began became flesh he became flesh and Jesus the word is walking the earth now and there is a need for a miracle there was a need for a miracle and the word the creative word of God is now right here in person let's go back to week one if Jesus was your best friend, and I'm serious, if he was like your friend that you were that close to, and you realize that the word of God who became flesh is your friend, you would not just pray about what's going on, you would speak to what's going on in your life in a different manner and in a different tone. Because I've got a friend. See what I'm saying? Oh, I got problems. But I've got a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I've got a friend who can take care of that. I don't know what to do, but I've got a friend who not only is full of wisdom, but he is wisdom. Do, do you see what I'm saying? And when I'm in that relationship with him, I don't have a need because I've got a friend. And Jesus meets the need. But if I don't see him as that, I don't access him as that. In the course of this miracle, what is beginning to happen is Jesus is unfolding the plan for how he is going to disciple these guys. It wasn't just classroom, pull out your pen, get your trapper keeper with your loose leaf paper. Come on, y'all remember the trapper keeper. That was life changing. Put a picture on the front of the binder. Not just a red binder, but now I got options. Got options. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's where we went wrong. Anyway, Jesus, he is unfolding how he is going to disciple. And he chose to do it by showing them how to do what he does. He shows them how to be who he is. And this is different because... Most of the time, the scholars would sit and they would share their information with the pupils, the students who would come to learn, but they never had access into all of the things that we really wanted access into. I wanted to use the power tools. Imagine if my dad said, son, I know you want to use power tools, but you're just not ready. Go read the manual. Just go read the manual. And when you become an expert with the manual, then we will begin to let you have the opportunity to use the tools. If you know any guy in here, we always skip the manual. And you ladies, you get so angry at us. And here's why I think we do that. It's because we like to be shown how to do it, not just told to do it. I like to be shown how to do it. And Jesus didn't just come to earth to tell people what to do. He came to show them how to do it. Amen. Yeah, he spoke. But not only did he speak, he showed them. He told them to go into all the world and make disciples. I know that's what he said. But for three and a half years, he showed them how to do it. He gave them access to the workshop. So I know there's the word, but there's also the workshop. And too many times we're sitting there stuck feeling like I can't work in the workshop because I don't know the word because we think words, everything in the manual. When Jesus is like, you never really learn what's in the manual until you meet the man. And his name is Jesus. This was supposed to be a simple teaching today, but I'm fired up now. He led him in the workshop. They never heard a scripture verse yet. There was no Sermon on the Mount yet. In fact, 
Mary's, Mary just took over and said, do what he tells you. And she's like, I don't even know if I want to do this. Do what he tells you. I wonder if, like, she put her teeth together and said, do what he tells you. You know, moms do that. We see you doing that. You're not hiding anything. We see you. So watch this. I'm not taking anything away from Scripture, by the way. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. We need the Scripture. We need the manual. But it ain't just the manual of Jesus. It's the ministry of Jesus, too, that we need. And Jesus is exposing them not just to one part. He's showing them the whole picture. He's showing it all to them. And so he brings them in on the scene, and they have a front row seat. Think about this. The disciples have a front row seat, and they get to see how much Jesus really loved people. They had a front row seat to see and hear how much wisdom he spoke with. I'm talking front row. They're witnessing it with their own eyes. They saw how much compassion that he showed. They saw it. They saw how much authority he walked in. They saw how much power he had and how he used that power. Think about this. These disciples are front row and they're watching all this happen. And what they heard wasn't just a sermon. But they saw the word become flesh. They saw it happening in life right before their eyes. When we begin to talk about a relationship with Jesus, I hope you see that it's more than just Blue Rock Googles, it's a relationship. I hope you see that is Jesus in every aspect of your life, giving you the wisdom that you need, growing you in your faith, helping you to develop some confidence and not just in your technique, but in who's with you. Because you never know what you're going to walk through next, and you may not have all the skills to take on that next season, but it's okay. Because I've got a relationship with someone who does. Are, are, are you grabbing this today? And believe it or not, a message as simple as this will build more depth in your walk with God. If you truly grab what we're talking about throughout this entire series. And, and, and I thought about this. The word of God, it produces faith in our, in our lives, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing a word, the word of God. It's not just the words on the page. It's the word who became flesh. I'm, I'm in the classroom. I'm in the workshop. And I'm in life. And Jesus is with me, walking with me, showing me how to do this. So watch this. They sat and heard Jesus teach about things like marriage. Jesus taught about marriage. He taught about money. Jesus talked a lot about money, y'all. He talked about difficult people issues like forgiveness Jesus talked to him about this he talked to him about loving your enemies and 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 you want me to prove how he demonstrated that in life they're nailing him to the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do he wasn't just preaching it he was living it he was showing it. He was demonstrating it. He became an example of everything that he was saying. And these disciples, these followers, they are now apprentices where it's not just something that I'm witnessing. It's someone that I'm becoming. Because the influence of the relationship is turning me into somebody that I need to be. That's the power of a relationship with God. So watch this. Following Jesus isn't just about knowing something. It is about becoming the someone that God wants us to be. It's not just knowing something, but it's becoming the someone that God wants us to be. And because these disciples that we're reading about in this story, these disciples, they became who God wanted them to be. And it kept going generation after generation after generation 
after generation after generation. And here it is right here in our generation. And they've never stopped the church. Nothing has ever kept it from advancing. It will continue to go from generation to generation. In fact, we're in training. We're apprentices of what not just what Jesus said, but what he did. And we're learning. We're learning not just from the manual, but we're learning the ministry of it. We got our kids in training as well. And we're learning how to love. We're learning how to forgive. We're learning how to serve. We're learning how to give. Come on. And it's not just for our benefit, but it's also for the benefit of others. This is an ongoing discipleship apprenticeship program. And my friends, it's called the church. It is called the church. And you and I, we have a part in this. And so following Jesus is an apprenticeship. And an apprentice is someone who works with another and learns how they do what they do. And this is the lesson I've learned. When I don't know what I'm doing, I need to go spend some time with the one who knows what he's doing. Most of us can look back and see a lot of the issues that we have created for ourselves is because we hadn't been with the one. We've been with someone and everyone, but we needed to be with the one. We needed to be with Jesus. I need some wisdom. I don't need you just to feel sorry for me and tell me God won't give me more than I can handle. I can't handle anymore. Jesus, where are you at? These people can't help me. Where are you at, Jesus? And Jesus is like, you're right. I gave you more than you can handle. You stick with me. You'll handle a lot more, too. See how you handled that? I love it, man. So watch this. In this first miracle... Jesus did a miracle for someone. He did. But he also did a miracle with someone. And he also did a miracle through someone. All in one miracle. Think about that. All in one miracle. Because, listen, our understanding of miracles is very elementary. Oh, Jesus, you did that for somebody? That is great. When you look at the story, he didn't just do it. For someone. He did it with someone. And he did it through. Jesus didn't pour the, the wine into the glass. It wasn't Jesus. These were the disciples, the followers, the servants. They were the ones who had the privilege to pour it. See, servanthood is a privilege. Mm. Servanthood is a privilege because when you begin to pour what he's serving, it's pouring out miracles. I know it's messy. I get it. But thankfully, Jesus is in charge. He can do something for you. He can do something with you. And he can do something through you. This is what I need you to know today. God can do something. He can do something. He can do it for you. But he can also do it with you. And he can also do it through you. And I know you're sitting there saying, but Pastor Wade, you forgot one. You forgot to say that he's doing something in you. Don't miss out on the inner work of Jesus. I held out for a reason. Because a lot of the things that he wants to do in you is by doing something for you, with you, through you, that makes a difference in you. The relationship that I had with those who showed me how to do all these things, it grew more and more and more. You cannot tell me the day my grandfather said, turn on the table saw and let's cut some wood. You were my best friend. You're the greatest person in my life. Am I right? See what I'm trying to show you today? So many times we miss this. We miss it. And we let our insecurities overwhelm us into thinking that I'm not qualified to be who God wants me to be, which means I'm definitely not qualified to do what God wants me to do. I look at these disciples and I look at their stories. I promise you they weren't. These guys were messed up. But that's okay. Because the relationship with Jesus had more influence than all their mess ups. And he showed them how to do 
some things. So watch this. The best way to experience what God can do for you, in you, and through you, and with you, is by following Jesus. That's how. I know it's simple, but every one of us get challenged with it every day. To continually follow Jesus. So watch this. Most people will get to experience what God can do for you. Like when we get saved, give our life to Jesus, we experience his forgiveness. A lot of people get to experience that. Some people, they get to experience what God can do in you. Because they keep taking steps and they allow Jesus to do that inner work. To bring healing, to bring change, to bring restoration. But watch this. Few people will experience what God can do with you and through you. Few people. Can I tell you the key? You got to stay with him. You got to stay with him. And a lot of people will only stick with Jesus as long as he's doing something for them. And when it doesn't feel like he's doing something for them, they find someone else who can. But what if the thing that Jesus is trying to do for you is found in Jesus doing something with you and found in Jesus doing something through you? Do you realize what that could do for you? Go back to the relationship with my grandfather, the day he allowed me to use those tools. Do you know what that did for me? Oh, I got to do something with him. That was awesome. In fact, every time I use a table saw today, I think about it. I do, man. It's awesome. He's like, dude, awesome, man. Oh, I want to be like that with my grandkids. Come over here, boy. Let me show you how to do this. Just get you fired up. Do you know what that did for me? The confidence that grew in me by doing that with him? And then getting the hang of it. Go cut this for me. So I'm doing it for him, and I'm just enjoying the opportunity to do it for him. But the work is getting done through me, who's just doing something with him. And we're both able to sit back and look at the work that was accomplished. But the work that was accomplished wasn't just the work out there. There was so much work in here. Here's a couple of points i gotta fin- I got to finish with. Here's number one. We're talking about being an apprentice. Number one, we aren't spectators. We're participators. We're not just sitting there watching what Jesus is doing. I'm getting in on what he's doing. I'm not just watching what the Bible says. I'm going to work it out. There's a difference. I'm not just watching the sermon. I'm going to work it out. I'm not just consuming. I'm not just a spectator. I'm a participator. A lot of people, we like to see the miracles. Love it. Come on, man. I want to see miracles happen. But if I become an apprentice, I'm not just watching them happen. I'm helping them happen. That's so awesome. 1 Corinthians 3.9, for we are co-workers with God. Co-workers, co-laborers. We're in this with him. So, Jesus does the miracle, he does the ministry, but he gives us a part in it. Look what he helped me do. Look what she helped me do this Sunday. Look what he helped me do on Easter. Look what she helped me do in the kids' ministry. Isn't that awesome? What is it doing? It's bringing it back to relationship. It's bringing it back to the place of, I'm not just doing this on my own and trying to earn enough credit for God. I'm doing this with him. And together, we're accomplishing some things in some people's lives. I'm not just a spectator. I'm participating in it. So watch this. When you serve, you're setting up miracles. When you pray, you're setting up miracles. I'm not just watching it happen. I'm not just listening to the prayer. I'm praying. I'm not just watching them serve. I'm serving. 
And because of that, we're in this together. I'm an apprentice. I'm not there yet, but I'm learning how to do this. And together, we're making this thing happen. It's impacting lives in this generation. And the example of it will impact the lives of the next generation. And the example of it will impact the lives of the next generation. That is legacy, my friends. That is the kingdom. That is how the church works. It's through a relationship with God where we're learning, we're growing, and we're becoming the person that God wants us to be. And out of becoming the person that God wants us to be, we're able to do the things that God wants us to do. Jesus said it like this. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, I need some people to help me do this is what he's saying. And I know all the things, God doesn't need help. He doesn't need it, but he chooses to use it. The harvest is plentiful, meaning the work is great. I need some people who are willing to be apprentices to learn to do this. And if we get in on this together, we're going to knock it out. Co-laborers with Christ. Here's number two. We aren't consumers. We are contributors. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. God can do something through you. The water turned to wine in the story when it was poured out, when it was served. It's one thing to drink it, but it's another thing to be the one pouring it. Think about that. The miracle is awesome. If you're the one drinking the water that turned into wine, that is great because you have no clue how we got to that point. But if you're the one who is pouring it out, you were a part of the whole entire process. Can you imagine the story at the fishing dock the next day? We went to this wedding last night. And they always want to know, how was the food? Well, you'll never guess what happened. They ran out of wine. But don't worry. Jesus was there funny thing happened he turned the water into wine how'd he do that well I'm not going to take credit for anything but he did ask me to put some water in the pot and he did ask me to pour it in the cup and I don't know when I poured it out bam it happened it was awesome who's that guy again who's that guy again Oh, it's my friend. His name is Jesus. I want to meet him. Okay. You see what I'm saying? How have we complicated this? Have we made this? How did we make this so hard? When all along, this was just life. This was just relationship. Jesus involved. Jesus including us in what he was doing. He puts us in a place that we are blessed, but he trains us so that we can be a blessing. That's what the apprenticeship is all about. The following Jesus, it's not just so that I get blessed. It's not just so that I can go to heaven. It's so that I can bring the people that I love with me to heaven. It's not just so that I feel okay. It's so that my friends and my family and my people can experience this love of God that covers a multitude of sin. The comfort of the Holy Spirit that's with me in the most grieving moments. And I don't know how he does it, but I know how to pour it out. I don't know how he does it, but I know how to pour. I know how to serve what he is giving. And this is what this is all about. And this is how, in my opinion, this is how the church works. This is how it continues to grow. It's through people. God just chose to do it through people like you and me. And this is what I'm saying. You can contribute to people following Jesus. Even though you're not an expert in the manual. Just stick around the ministry. And there's so much about the manual that you will learn as you do the ministry. And it's all based off of that relationship. So what are you contributing? Does this just come to church and consume? Because consumers wind up becoming complainers, y'all. They do. If you ever work retail, you know what I'm talking about. We can't become just consumers. We must be contributors. call call to follow Jesus it's learning about Jesus it's learning his ways it's a call on action it's a call to action heads bowed eyes closed
because many of us in here are still trying to get our stuff together. You're like, Pastor Ray, you're talking about me going to help somebody. If you knew the help I would need, you'd probably stop saying that. But if you looked into what these disciples needed, you'd realize Jesus had a plan. And it changed their life. And that plan is still alive today, and it will change yours. What happens when we settle for religion is we'll never be good enough. That fear will always hold me back. I'll never get to do that. I'll never get to do this. But the relationship, think about it. The relationship that helps you overcome your fear. It's the relationship that helps you take the next step. It's the relationship that helps you to keep going. Today, you can have that relationship with Jesus. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I want you to pray it out loud today. Say it with all your heart. Mean it with everything in you. Everyone in this room will pray it. We're saying it out loud. If you're at home watching, say it out loud. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me no matter what. Loving me so much that you won't leave me like I am. Thank you that you have a plan for my life. And you demonstrated it when you went to the cross to pay the price for my sins. Today I ask you to forgive me for all the things that I've done that have displeased you. The things that I knew that was wrong and even the things I didn't know that was wrong. For everything I meant to do and every mistake I didn't realize I was doing. Thank you that you paid the price for it. I choose today to give you my heart. I surrender my life to you. And I want to follow your ways. I want a relationship with you. I want you to be my friend, but I also want you to be my Lord. And I need you to be my Savior. So I surrender my life to you now. And I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Someone started a relationship with God today.